Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Becky Left the Chat's March 1992 TV podcast. I'm your host, Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hello. So we are running a little bit behind here on our schedule to get everything out on time, so we are sorry about that, but this one will go out and you're also going to get a potpourri episode at the end of the week. Exciting, right, Jen? Two episodes one week. Yeah, because as you know, the last couple, we've actually had some guests. We had a really good time. We yeah. had Jen Stone from Ancient History Fangirl on. She helped us with the movie part. And then we had uh, Big Dan on to, t- to discuss some music. So, I mean, it's been pretty exciting, but it's just back to the two of us now. You ready to go, Jen? Ugh, just me and you. That's it. But, you know, you never know. If people uh, stumble upon it and enjoy having uh, some extra guests, we could always bring them back at a later date. So... Where we last left off in February, we were talking about commercials. We were talking about the Super Bowl. We were talking about TV shows. And we watched the In Living Color TV special. It's pretty good, wasn't it, Jen? The Super Bowl halftime show or the In Living Color? In Living Color. In comparison to the halftime show, sure, it was great. I thought it was pretty good. It was good. I mean, it was very nostalgic. Yeah, and and I think that's, that's... where we find ourselves now. So we went down a rabbit hole and I wrote it down here on our board. We're going to talk about four specific little things we uh, did on the rabbit hole and really one blaring um, topic we're going to dance around that, that was discussed <laughs> on the, when we were in this hole. But we watched 30 years ago's episode, what we could find of an and living color, Johnny Carson, quick second. It's going to be his last year, so we'll probably spotlight that in a later TV episode. Yeah. We watched a Letterman, and we watched SNL. And on the SNL that we watched that we're going to spotlight, we talked about John Goodman and the Babe. So let's start right there. John Goodman was on. I believe at that point it was his third time, he said. I think he said third. And he was promoting uh, the movie The Babe that he was going to be in. It was a pretty decent episode, but... Is that the movie about the pig? No. Like he said, that's the movie about Babe Ruth. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just being silly. And that movie's going to come out later on, and we're probably going to talk about it because I had it highlighted. I think it comes out... Oh, it is on the board, but there's a thing on top it's of on the, the board. board, so it probably comes out. Honestly, it probably comes out in April just because April appears to have fallen off our board, but that's okay. It doesn't matter when. <laughs> it's, uh, the- <laughs> it, it's funny because it's just going to be something we're going to be able to talk about, but when we watched it probably the best part that i saw was just seeing some of the people that would go on to dominate the 90s in terms of comedy there on snl we saw uh, mike myers and dana carvey fresh off wayne's world mm-hmm. right which just premiered we saw there was a chris rock sighting we saw chris an adam sandler was it like a bayou man yeah what was that called oh, what is that but character called I don't know what that, uh, the Cajun Man, I think, Cajun or something. Cajun Man, and, that was it. Yeah. And Cajun Man is basically like, <laughs> Cajun Man appears to to me, like, when you rewatch that, and so that kind of like, like, what Waterboy is, sort of. A hundred percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just kind of like, he took that idea from that character, and then like, fleshed it out a little. Because like, one of the people in there is basically kind of like Cajun Man, I think it's like Rob Schneider's character. That's kind of like, similar to that, where they're just like, huh. I haven't seen Waterboy in so long yeah well that's uh that's what happens when you watch these people when they're younger and you kind of see where all that stuff develops from i wonder how well that um aged probably not as good as you think i, would, I don't think it does i it imagine age I, well. I would imagine a lot of the hard r was thrown around oh yeah probably yeah. because yeah. uh you know he was uh 
Yeah, a little silly. He was a, a silly boy. Yeah, and they were riffing on him, like, you know, like a, kind of a Forrest Gump parody, too. So I would imagine yeah. it wouldn't be too great. But I really enjoyed the SNL. I always enjoy watching old SNLs just because I really feel like it's, it really does show you, like, what what the boundaries were and, like, what you can push. Like, some of the commercials and some of the things with Phil Hartman, I remember laughing at a Caveman Lawyer because I had seen that before. You were kind of like, oh. I don't really get what this is, but I'm like, he's the caveman and he's a lawyer. He's a caveman lawyer. It was just silly. Yeah, I don't remember it. I mean, I know I've seen it because I watched it back then, but I do not remember the caveman lawyer. Caveman lawyer. He's like, I'm caveman lawyer. Like it just didn't. So whatever. It didn't is... resonate with me, but I like, like it's something that was from like my past that I, I watched. I just enjoyed that parody because it was just always. <laughs> you what... got so excited. You're like, oh my God, the caveman lawyer. Because, because like his argument was always so dumb and it just seems to, you know, go back to like modern times now where it's just like people's stupid circular arguments sometimes where you're just like, well, I'm a caveman, so it's whatever. And you're just like, no, no just because you right don't know something doesn't mean you could just completely go off you know like they're asking legitimate questions on this one it was like a zoning meeting and he's like well i'm a caveman and it's like then he's then they're like next week on caveman lawyer and he's like on an airplane and they're like oh okay well i want another drink they're like no you can't he's like why i'm a caveman on an airplane like this is scary give me drinks and you're like that's not an argument but you're like that's the arguments that people take on so many things now yeah where they're just like, well, because I said this or I said that or I got this information or that. So it was just funny to watch that. Funny to watch. Um, again, you know, some people didn't think that, you know, some of these versions are the better versions of SNL. You know, everybody's got their own kind of cast. This was my um, coming home from school cast that was on on like Comedy Central. Yes. Like 95, 96, 97. They would show like half hour or hour long of the episode. This is what I used to watch um, at my friend's house when we'd have like sleepovers on the weekend. Yeah. This was around then. Um, this was the cast. It was just enjoyable. I mean, I, I like Wayne's World like we talked about before in the movie uh, podcast. So I always enjoy kind of their type of humor that like Canadian funny humor. I just like it. That Midwestern humor. Yeah. I think it would be hard for me to like go back and watch. I mean, I don't know. How do you feel? Do you think that you would... Um enjoy like a austin powers now or do you think it would be kind of like i think i'd be a little bit bored by it i don't know but i, I don't know I, I could be wrong i don't know it's it's hard it's hard to say because like my attachment to austin powers really comes from the second one which is what i think was the better one but i think if i went back and watched the first one now with fresh eyes and maybe we'll get there in a couple years here on this but i think what i like the most would probably be like i know will farrell's characters in it and I know he's like the number two or number three or like a henchman, but I didn't really know who Will Ferrell was at the time. And he really like plays that up. You don't even remember. And he like, no. so his character at one point, they like press a button and he like goes down into the pit and he's just yelling from the bottom of the pit. Like, I'm not dead. Like this didn't work. So vaguely. Yeah. I remember so vaguely. And then like, so it's just little things like that where I think you'd see different people and be like, wait, I know that person. Uh-huh. I know that person. And that's usually what happens with, like, SNL or SNL-adjacent movies, especially kind of when they get started, is you see their sphere of people come up in the movies like we saw in Wayne's World. Yeah. And it, it's it's interesting. I think it's more interesting for that than it is necessarily for the quality of the product. Like, I would re-watch it. But again, it's, it's a spoof on Bond movies, so I think it's kind of a little timeless. It's like, here's... You know, yeah. James Bond from, you know, here's Sean Connery's James Bond, only he's not, and he's frozen in time. Yeah. And they, and the, that idea is like, they ripped that right from, um, from Demolition Man too. Cause that was that movie that came out probably around a similar time where they're like, we're going to freeze, you know, 
Sylvester Stallone's character and also all the criminals. Like, that's how they punished people. So instead of you, like, going to jail, they would put you in, like, cryo-freeze and supposedly, like, rehabilitate your mind by making you think, you know, deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Jen is just staring at me like... <laughs> and I'm like, this is hard to power through this quickly where you're just like, ah, well, movie, you're... caveman lawyer. <laughs> like, it's perfect. You're giving me caveman lawyer where you're like, ah. But, well, I'm trying to, like, figure out in my brain Demolition Man. And I'm like, am I thinking about Demolition Man? Or am I thinking about RoboCop? Here's the deal. And does it matter? And I think... Here's the deal. It matters because in Demolition Man, they ask the question about the three seashells. And I've been making that joke for at least 15 years. And you don't know what it means. So you don't know Demolition Man. But basically, same idea with Austin Powers where he's like frozen and they unfreeze him. It's like... Wait, I didn't even know Austin Powers was Yeah, that's what happened. He was like frozen in the 60s. That's why it's like... I don't remember that. Okay. See, I don't like... This is me. Hi. Well, the idea with Austin Powers is he's, like, frozen from... I've seen that shit a lot when I was a kid, so I don't know. He's, like, frozen from the 60s, and then they, like, unthaw him to fight, like, Dr. Evil or whatever. Um, So that's why he's all fucking weird. That's why he's got the weird teeth, and he's got, like, the weird attitude and the clothes and the thing. You know, free love, baby, because he's from the 60s. Well, yeah, I knew that. I knew he was, like, a a person that was stuck in the 60s. Right, whereas, like, in Demolition Man... He goes to the future, so he's stuck in, like, the 90s, right? Because that's, like, when he, whatever year it was. Like, the year 2000, wherever he takes out Wesley Snipes. Like, he's stuck in that time frame, and everybody on the future is different. Again, Encino Man, same idea. Mm-hmm. I love Where Encino you're Man. just a fish out of water in this new world. And you get that by giving someone time stamp. Meet Joe Black. Yeah. Well, Ish. that's, no, not at all. He's a fish out of water. Not frozen in time, though. Like, I'm actually talking about th- people that are frozen in time. Encino Man. Having said that, the transition back to 90s television. Idiocracy. Idiocracy is close. 1992 TV. We were focusing on late night. SNL. We enjoyed it. Yeah. In Living Color? I thought it was good. Living Color was always, to me, and, and what it was, it was the counterculture programming to SNL. Where SNL, uh, on its face followed the same script right since the beginning like everybody had to do the same like you hear the stories now and the oral histories and everything like everything's the same they're in these little oh, offices they basically and they're working stay up all night for like four days exactly and, uh, right right and it's like super grueling and then they do this show and it's amazing and they go out for one night and then they sleep for a day and then they're right. up for circle a right yeah. back and then they're all doing that and they're all like paying your dues by not really you know pitching your, your yeah. sketches and hearing just this wild idea of like this is a show and this is how this works and these people all just like come in as cogs in this machine and then they leave but then they just replace them with new cogs it always seemed like in living color just they just had more I, I, when i watched it i just think they're having more fun i know like we watched the one skit where jamie fox is uh cross-dressing which how that ages i don't know but i think the just he's there giving like tommy davidson a massage with his feet it's just like playing to the audience and the idea of like cross-dressing people and stuff's a little tough but it's just just funny it just seems like they had fun they they took big shots at humor and yeah. it was very no offense to any of the people that were there, but I mean, I was, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 when I saw this stuff. It was it seemed a little juvenile. I enjoyed it, though. Especially, you know, Jim Carrey. Like, I enjoyed it. Like, it was all that, you know, that fire marshal where he's always getting blown up. 
and he's always causing a fire and he's always doing silly things like it was very slapstick very slapstick i should say it, yeah i think that's the perfect way to you describe know, it more yeah. more than juvenile because that's not really right it's slapstick where it's if you're into that kind of humor you could always find something that you like and i mean we just tapped into that a little when we rewatched um the super bowl halftime show that they did so how did you feel about rewatching living color jen I liked it. I was excited to do it because we saw the halftime show yeah. and um, I loved it back when I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. loved it. I loved Jim Carrey. I loved all the silliness. I don't remember, like, I don't remember it too much. I remember, like, Homie the Clown, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to be a fly girl. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> did you have any attachment to the fly girls? Loved the fly girls. It was my dream to be a fly girl. I cannot. Nor did I ever dance. So I was not one of those kids that, like, went to dance and did recitals or liked it. Mm-hmm. And I would see those fly girls dance, and I'm like, that looks like so much fun, you know? And it's really wild to think, too, when you talk about the people that were on this age of television, at that age, you had Jamie Foxx, mm-hmm. you had Jim Carrey, you had Mike Myers, Chris Farley, Dana Carvey. Right, that we just saw in these episodes, Adam Chris Sandler. Rock, Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, Chris Rock. I forgot. Yep. I always and I always forget yeah. that he was on SNL, and then we yep. watch it. And I'm like, oh holy shit! I totally forgot that Chris Rock is here. You know, Kevin Nealon, Phil Hartman. Yes. Like I can go down and name all the people, but they're just like those couple people I named on top. They're some of the biggest movie stars on the planet. You know what I forgot? What the weekend updates were, or like it was just Kevin Nealon. Mm-hmm. And that was and that's so weird now. Like I feel like it's been. Two people, dig two anchors mm-hmm. forever. And then I'm like, oh, that's right, Kevin Nealon. And so, like, who I used to get confused with Kurt Loder. Not confused, but like, yeah. I felt like Kurt Loder and Kevin Nealon were basically like, I don't know, like copies of each other, like on different things. You and, know? and Weekend Update's always a fun thing, too, you know, to go back to the SNL piece because, you know, it really depends on what you like out of your Weekend Update. Like, as we watch this more, you're going to see, um, I think it's Colin Quinn. And I like Colin Quinn too, but I, I've, Colin, Kevin Nealon always made me laugh as a kid because he's just so like so deadpan mm-hmm. in just what yes. he's doing. And it was like if you if you were there for that, you really enjoyed it. If you weren't, you just weren't. And there was a couple times like during this episode where he'd be like, "Breaking news!" And you look at the camera, and then you just immediately like turn back or be like, "Let me tell you something for a second. And then you would just turn back, and you're just like, "It's so silly." It's and like, so silly. And the stories they were uh, highlighting on this weekend update or these were very mundane silly stories it wasn't you know now yeah i think weekend update obviously changes with who's there writing it who's producing it and who's doing it like now it's it's a little heavier it's you know everything's been politicized more which goes into kind of what we found on the other side of this rabbit hole well i do feel like the jokes now not that they weren't back then and i'm not saying that at all but i feel like now they're a little bit like smarter Mm -hmm. you know less just like ridiculously silly jokes like they're a little bit more like thought out and not again i'm not saying anything bad about kevin Nealon and his jokes but they seem more simple more like just kind of like stupid humor you know but that's the evolution of comedy yeah because you think about what the movies are that we watch and that we accepted as blockbusters and big type movies back in the early 90s you know stuff we're talking about wayne's world perfect example we mentioned on you know a couple weeks ago we did, like, I thought it aged pretty well. I thought it was really enjoyable rewatching it. Thought, you know, some of the things are a little cringy, a little silly, but whatever. I thought it aged well. But that movie with those people, you know, that's 
that evolves into the 40 year old virgin, which is just a smarter comedy, right? With, with some guys that are together. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, it just evolves. That co- comedy evolves. It goes further. Yeah. So, you know, what was easy winners here is an easy winner, you know, in a Seth Rogen movie there. Like the, it just evolves. And then there'll be the next group of young up and coming comedians that will start and have their movie and it'll be whatever it'll be, you know? Right. You know, you think about Wedding Crashers, old school, that little timeline of movies where they were just kind of back to back to back with these really raunchy R-rated out there movies. Um, you know, Wayne's World was like, I wouldn't care watching that with my mom. You know, don't no, really want to necessarily watch Wedding Crashers. It's a little, no. could be a little much. You know, old school could be a little much. You know, some of the scenes, I'm looking at you, the Andy Dick scene. Um, when he's like, when Frank goes to see his wife and she's like oh. having the blowjob class. It's, oh, a, it's right, a little right. much. I forgot it's about that. Much. Yeah, and it's Andy Dick who then does karate on him. It's a little much. <laughs> it's a little much. You know? I mean, there's yeah. there's some scenes that are a little cringe, but Wayne's World just kind of like goes with it. And I think of most, you know, Sandler movies. Well, it's probably, it well, I'm look up what it, I think it's probably what, rated like PG-13 or something. By the way, the Wayne's babe World? did, yeah, the babe did come out in April. Of I course did it did. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the only month that's missing that I can't say. But yeah, no, it was rated PG-13, I'm sure, Wayne's World. Because... Back then, they didn't really do R-rated comedies because they weren't going to draw. So the bigger R-rated comedies started with like 40-Year-Old Virgin and Old School and Wedding Crashers. And now that's really where they land. I think, I can't remember the last time that I've seen really like a PG-13 comedy in the two mid-2000s to like 2010s and on. Everything we're watching is basically an R-rated comedy, right? Like Trainwreck and like all those movies. Take all. It's all R-rated. You're really not seeing much. What are much some PG like there. recent? I mean, we. So Napoleon Dynamite. That was the only one I could think of that was like PG or yeah, PG thirteen. Yeah, that's honestly so old at this point. Yeah, or Nacho Libre. That was another one. Jack Black <laughs> usually makes PG thirteen ones. I would say, because oh, School of Rock too. Some of those people. That was a really funny movie. Yeah, but but we're digressing from the SNL and from where it's going with SNL. So we also watched uh, Johnny Carson. Watched a quick monologue of his, but we also watched Letterman. We watched. Um, John Stewart on Letterman. That was pretty cool. That was really cool. He is so young. Yeah. And what was striking about both of them. It was wild. Which is what I had listen, uh, listed here as the Blue Plate special. Russia, Trump, and Clinton jokes. Yeah. Back in 1992. There was a specific joke that like Johnny Carson made about how Jennifer Flowers was going to go be like Trump's mistress like in in waiting and i was like Mm -hmm. oh my god like wild these people have just been in your mind in the zeitgeist for 30 30 years years. plus 30 plus doesn't stop i mean obviously this is this is this year is the run-up to the election so this year we have the run-up to the presidential election where bill clinton is going to win but just all of the media going into it and you don't realize that when you're there in the moment. Well, also, we were young mm-hmm. in 1992, and I wasn't paying attention to the news, really, you know, and, like, yeah. the, like, political landscape at all. So, like, just the fact that all these things, like the Jennifer Flower things and all that, were out there before he was even president. Like, mm-hmm. I I had no awareness of, of that you know whatsoever so it it was really and they're talking about trump at the same that was really crazy i'm like wow are we 
in now. Are we in, here in 2016? Right now? Are we, we in 2012? Like, because it's just it's wild that it's like it was it started then and it just kept continuing and it just going in a cycle of these. Like the more people. things change, like it's just like we're still talking about the same things. It's crazy. Same people. We're crazy. still talking about the same people, whether or not they're morally capable of doing their you know jobs and whether or not they should have the highest positions in the lands. And it's wild to think that like these jokes, these things were low hanging fruit back then. Yeah. It's still low-hanging fruit now. You're st- they're still on SNL today. We're making Trump jokes. We're making Clinton references. Uh-huh. We were doing, you know, Clinton stuff up till 2016, 2017 on SNL when she lost. I mean, we're still, like, so it's just crazy to think that the late-night landscape has been dominated by the same few people weaving in and out over time. Because I know for certain, you know, obviously take 2016 on or 2015 on aside with Trump, like there's lots of other Trump things. Like he was on Apprentice. That was, you know, that was such a huge cultural moment of people talking about that all the time, making jokes with it, references. I guarantee all these late night shows were hitting on that. You know, and obviously, you know, Hillary Clinton and all, all of her successes after Bill left office. I mean, these they've just been in the late night spectrum for the past 30 years. I thought that was really wild. Yeah, no, I to agree. Just pick was... up a month. In we literally March. watched one little snippet of one episode, and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So it's cra- it is crazy. It's not it's not like we comb through tons of episodes and no. found something that relates to now. Which I'm sure, you know, I'm sure if we did, we could find so much stuff. Yeah, I mean, we typed it in right on YouTube, found it, Johnny Carson, because we were both mentioning that we think he goes off the air, which he does later in the year. So we were just like, oh, we'll just watch one of him. And then we just grabbed the Letterman. and Which, like, did you ever watch Johnny Carson back in the day? Me neither. And it does not, to me, feel like a thing that is 90s nostalgic. I'm like, I didn't even realize he was still on in the 90s. So my 90s nostalgia is for two people. In the late night spectrum. Conan and Letterman. But Letterman because of Beavis and Butthead. So there's a Beavis and Butthead episode where they like want to be Letterman. And so Butthead is Letterman and Beavis is Paul Schaefer. So that's where I remember (laughs) that from. And I want to say that episode probably was about like 94 or something, whatever. And they like have like a whole dream sequence where they're like Letterman. And they're just going, uh, 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 like just doing the whole thing. And it's just very funny. And then, of course, I used to watch Conan because I just did when I, especially yeah. in the summer, me and my, my sister and I used to just watch it. And we just, I, my favorite bit he ever did or they ever did, you know, just sitting here talking about late night stuff was just in the year 2000. I thought that was the funniest thing ever where they'd be like, in the year 2000. And then it would just yeah, yeah, yeah. riff on like the most wild things that would happen. And then, of course, like 2000 came and went and nothing <laughs> changed. And nothing changed. But it would just be funny because that was that was such a thing towards the end of the 90s where everybody was just like, Y2K and the world's going to just like the, the, the clocks are going to stop working and everything's just oh going to stop. God. And it was such a thing. And. We'll get there because that momentum will slowly build. Yeah, hopefully we're still doing this in uh, eight eight years. Yeah, why not? <laughs> hopefully we're all here. Who knows? Oh well, I, that got that got dark real fast. I mean, hopefully I'm just we're saying, all here. Who the hell? Oh no- my I mean, God. I mean, back then they thought the internet and, and and everything was just gonna disappear. I mean, back then one of the greatest movies, if if, if and when we get to it on movies, we're gonna watch it. The Net with Sandra Bullock. You ever oh, saw that? Oh no, no. You never saw that? No. Oh my God! Like what? 
what that nineteen ninety let's say six internet? I do feel like I need to watch it. Now, like though. what the ninety six <laughs> internet was capable of doing? Like the internet now is probably not capable. Like, like her level of computerness. She was like a shut in computer person that like got involved in this grand conspiracy. But like all of the viruses and things they were doing, like it just wasn't possible. Like it's not how computers work. It was the ultimate like computers don't work this way movie. Like, and we're going to get there soon with, with some of this TV. And I know that we've been talking about it before and alluding to it. You know, especially when we do some of the sitcom stuff. Like, right now, it's still pretty wholesome. Technology really hasn't, like, invaded. But it's going to. And when it does, it's just funny how silly the technology is. Yeah. yeah you know? I agree. Like, it's, like, it's like when I remember, like, Friends episodes where, like, Chandler has, like, his phone. Like, he has, like, the, the phone from the other apartment. They have, like, a portable phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember how shitty portable phones were? Oh, they were just nothing but static. Nothing but static. Nothing but static. It was so senseless to have the portable. It was so Because it was shitty. so nice to not have that stupid phone with the cord that you'd have to, like, kind of, like, go. I mean, the house I grew up in, there was nowhere to go with the phone with the cord. So, like, I would be, like, in the bathroom, like, just to talk on the phone in private, right? So... But you know what it was, too? Then to have the cordless phone, you're like, yes! And I would go from the living room where the Fordless, the, 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 the Fordless cordless phone lived the Fordless into cordless. my bedroom, which was probably, I don't know, 20 feet, maybe? Not very far. And it would, like, already, like, stop getting good connection. It was wild. It was so bad. So then, like, when I, I remember just watching those episodes, you know, and they'd be across the hall. Even in, like, Seinfeld, I think, too, we had, like, a cordless phone. I'm like, no, no because the technology was just not there. And the thing about phones, especially that, the handheld sets, the best part about it is they were the biggest fucking inconvenience, like you said, at a level that like, like houses now, like, and you know, like in the studio, like where we're recording, there are no hookups for a phone. It just doesn't exist. Back then, it would be like, we're going to hook up this phone in the one place where we're also going to hook up the cable or something. And like, that's it. Like, if you wanted another phone line, you had to have the phone guy come out and, like, set up a line exactly where you want it to have it. So, if your living room is halfway across the house, that phone rings, you got to get up and run to go get the phone. It was so annoying. Well, so I the, did eventually get a phone in my room. So, like, did, did my parents have to, like, have someone come out either and somebody a thingy? Because I, I it wasn't a cordless. It was, like, ooh, yeah. it was one of those, like, see-through neon phones. You could see all the guts of the phone. It was so fucking cool. Either someone had to install from the phone company, like, the phone jack, which, in you know, I would imagine it was probably fairly easy based on how, you know, I, I mean, I've been to your house based on how it's set up. You know, it, was, it would be fairly easy. But, like, if you wanted that phone line, like, you know, and maybe your house isn't the greatest example, but, like, in this house, if you wanted the phone line, like couple rooms down there's no like they would have to run the wires throughout the whole house to then set up the little jack so they would always set it up in like the most convenient place where would you want it in the kitchen right so there's always a phone in the kitchen kitchen or in the living room but then that's it and so like that was such a 90s thing i can't wait to watch that more remember how quick those fuckers would run out of battery too oh like if you fell asleep because i would steal them you know and like Mm -hmm. talking them at night in my room even though i had my cool like neon phone and you'd, you know, fall asleep with it in your room. And it would, like, be almost dead by morning mm-hmm. if it wasn't dead. It, it, wild. Two big things in the 90s that I feel like were really got a spotlight is just, you know, TVs, I would say that, you know, and we're on, this is the TV episode. We don't want to stray too far. 
But <laughs> I think I think we've already. Well, no, I'm gonna it. box it in a, a little electronic talk. So, like, television technology doesn't really get a whole lot better throughout the '90s. It gets better. It gets better. You, because you know, I definitely had like a black and white TV as a kid because it was a hand me down of a hand me down of a hand me down. Right, but that's not something that they and that you got ears. because it was popular in the nineties. It was had, a hand me down. And I had the dial because I did not have a black and white TV. I'll tell you that I did have a dial one that you had right. no remote. But the dial was good because then we got cable box, so we did get the cable box technology. So then you were able to get a bunch of channels. So it wasn't like we're not like you know kids of the nineties weren't like I only had eleven channels. We did for a hot minute. Some people did if they didn't have cable. I did in just one room. You know, right. remember that's yeah. but th- that's yeah. what I mean. Like one room might have it or two rooms or whatever, but like the the television technology didn't. That's really the 2000s where you started to get the flatter panels and the smaller TVs. But the batteries for everything were so big. <laughs> yes. Like a flashlight. Now, I think of a flashlight. It flash would take light. like four, it would take four C's C four batteries. D's. Remember the D batteries? They're just... Like I have RD batteries are thing, am I remembering? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Huge, Remember right? the boom boxes Holy that shit. had the they big took D like batteries? Eight to twelve uh-huh. D batteries. Yes, yes. And and so it was just the battery <laughs> charging. technology. You didn't no, charge anything. There was no, no. So the ba- the battery technology is really like the big thing I was gonna highlight on with the phone where like the rechargeable batteries were just garbage. Do you remember the batteries that you would like press the ends and it would like To see like how far yes. Yeah, there yes, was like a yes. weird what would you even call that? There was like a like a line on it and it would like turn green. It was like a pH a, test. It was almost, for like a pool. Yeah. It was almost like, like a video game, like health, like mortal Kombat health uh-huh. meter. It would like tell you how much health your battery had. How Such much a nineties thing with batteries. Such a, cause the, everything took like oh, man. 38 batteries. Right. The it's, only thing I think we use batteries for anymore is like remotes and then like all those little pixie lights that I like to put out. Around Some time. remotes because like the Apple TV remotes are all rechargeable. So they don't, they just recharge because it's like, yeah. We'll did just... you ever bite a battery? No, because I could kill you. I could, did it? I thought it just shocked you. I never did it because, oh no, aluminum foil would shock you. Oh, like, the battery acid could kill you. Like the batteries, if they leak, oh, they have acid. I never did it. I just know people would like lick them or bite them. And... All right, Pop Rocks and Soda. We'll get to well, 90s. Well, I don't uh, think it's a real thing. I don't think there's like Tide 90s, Pods 90s or anything. Things. When we get to Scream, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. You know, 90s challenges you heard. That's a good potpourri go we, we could do. 90s challenges, warheads, airheads, warheads. fireballs. True. So, yeah. Drink, drink a surge and see how late you can stay up. What we learned from our little dive, a little foray into the late night TV, March 92. What we learned is apparently... Donald Trump, the Trumps, and the Clintons are going to be jokes <laughs> and the butts of jokes for a long time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And they're going to keep being in the media for a long time. Yeah. Because I can understand how, you know, uh, repetition on stuff is going to get people to remember things and think about things and whatever because they were starting now. If you like Johnny Carson, he teed up some jokes. Letterman. Had some jokes. How about, um, did you watch Arsenio? You know, I didn't. Really? But we're going to. Because we're going to definitely, you know, recheck in on 90s yeah, stuff. I we think need about, to. I told you Magic Johnson has, like, a talk show we'll try to find. I and... did very much like Arsenio Hall. And I remember I'd watch it probably when I was a little bit older than, than I was in 92. In, like, we had this little, like, office room. We called it the computer room, you know, where the computer lived. Mm-hmm. And that's where that little TV with the dial. We had, like, 13 channels. And uh, sometimes I'd sit in there and watch it, you know, while I was doing my AOLs at night, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Doing chatting. My AOLs. Doing my AOLs. 
Well, I'm already starting to think about some stuff for next year, and I, and I think uh, you know school season, one of that early time when you get sick, we're definitely gonna have to do like a like a daytime TV roundup in like September or October because you got yes. you get we're gonna have like you know you got vintage Oprah starting to branch out from what she was doing, and you gotta have Jerry Springer, and he's gonna start Ricky Lake, Richard Bay, Richard take it Bay. back, really like, old, so school. many just of those those. Show Jenny Jones. Kind of get, yes, we're gonna we're gonna dive into all of it, but we're gonna watch Arsenio again because I, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna try as we're we're building this out. We're gonna try to um, wrap around a lot of these topics again, same ish time next year, just so that way we see like really the dichotomy. Because when I looked at March in late night again, SNL was there. Like if you're trying to do a late night review in July or August, they're not gonna be there. So I think we're going to try to... Yeah, but I think if we're... I mean, we could always branch out a little bit as long as it's in the same year. If we're only talking about late night in one month, you know? Yeah, but well, we can... Well, we're going to play with these themes. Fast and loose. We're, we're going to try to... We're playing fast and loose. We're going to try them. to create a little little universe, a little box. Also, little I am gonna, I'm going to just throw out an apology. Because mm-hmm. I do feel like these mics are definitely picking up. I mean, if you're that, not if, if, if that dog out there, that is um. If you're not talking, then hungry. The do- if you're not talking, then the dog is going to get picked up. So, as we as we tend to do, we do like to preview what's going to come next. So, April is one of four months that's a sweeps month, and sweeps for those that don't know the Nielsen ratings, they're still around now. They send household books. You write up what you do, what you watch, who watches it, when they watch it, so they can tabulate. Who's watching what? And then that, that would be really important for like network upfronts to be like this many people watch this show. Jen, do you know the highest rated show in 1992 and 93? Mm. Well, I think that you told me what it was, so I'm not going to guess. Well, was um, it 60 minutes? It was 60 minutes. <laughs> so a few years. But I er- wouldn't guess that. No. A few years earlier, it was like Roseanne and like different shows. And, and it changes throughout time. Like I think. I think like 94 is actually like Seinfeld. Like it, it changes. But is this just based on the the Nielsen ratings or is it Nelson? Nielsen, right? Nielsen. And is we'll, it... we'll get into that. Because when we... they're only giving it to some people. We'll get into that when we discuss like where, where that's at now, how all that changed, but how that's such a 90s thing because they used to use those ratings and those ratings books. It is. Because how else would you know? You wouldn't know. There was no way to track anything unless people told you what they were watching. But it wasn't everybody. It was just like a small... No, but they would try to get a swath of people. Again, we'll get into it next month, but they'll try to get a swath of people in an area. And then they can use that demographic to say, you know, this household on this block and this, you know, to kind of branch it out and build it out to be like this amount of people watch this program. This doesn't seem completely accurate, though. I mean, I get it. It's not accurate. That's the point. But it's just such a 90s thing to be like 10 10 million people watch this. Well, how do you know? Uh, The Nielsen rates. You know, this is one of those things that they kind of. Like, like Michelin, I understand. like Michelin stars. I don't think it's anything like Michelin. Stars. It is like Michelin stars because Michelin is like the tire company. And then they're the ones that made like the restaurant guide. What? The tire company made the restaurant guide? Yes. So Michelin stars are based on like the Michelin tire company because they were trying to like tell people where to go and they were rating everything that then it branched and blew out into this massive thing. But it's like for fancy yes. like gourmet restaurants. Correct. But it's from the like the Michelin traveling guide. I and did you not didn't, know if that. If you guys could see Jen's face, it's it's funny to me because I'm like, how do you not know that? It's why because Michelin stars. I don't stars. think that's common knowledge that you would assume that the Michelin tire 
is that the one with the baby or is that Goodyear? That's Goodyear, right? That's Goodyear. Uh, Michelin that's tires. I, I've decided I don't believe you on that. Well, 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 after... No, I mean, I, I do, but like, I, I just... Yes. You that's... just blow, you blow my mind. Right. So, but, mind. but the thing is, back in the day, we didn't have the internet. So they created like a travel book and then part of the travel book, they give them their stars and then Michelin stars became like such a massive thing. Like, oh my God, this is the most exclusive place. That's why like some restaurants and some like like people and, and chefs and stuff like around the world are like bucking back against it because they're like, what does this have to do with like anything? Like I never asked for this. Like they just can't like, so it's wild. It's wild. The whole like Michelin star ranking system. But yes, it's actually from Michelin, the travel guide from that company. Yeah. You learn things on this podcast. I guess so. Things. Who, who knew podcast. that you could and we'll dive into podcast we'll, to learn. We'll things. dive into sweeps and April sweeps and we'll talk about. You know, how, how you got your nightly news. We'll check in with who the anchors were and 60 Minutes being the number one show. And then we'll launch into kind of like our May season finale wrap up of some great shows. I think they're logging off for the last time. I'm pretty sure Golden Girls. Peace and out. Stuff like that. So, Jen, as we always do, let's ask each other three questions to determine who's going to make dinner. Or buy it, I should say. Um... It's the age, question one, Jen, it's the age Doogie Hauser was when he became the youngest licensed doctor in the country. Mind you, Doogie Hauser, our man NPH. How old was he when he became the youngest licensed doctor in the country? He was 14. He was 14, correct? I loved Doogie Hauser. All right, let's do Math 90 style. Just get the answer to score. Are your pencils ready? Here mm-hmm. we go. Seinfeld math. The number of magic ball on Putty's bomber style jacket minus George Costanza's perfect baby name. You are a self-proclaimed Seinfeld fan. I'm going to tell you something. As someone who liked Seinfeld but is not a self-proclaimed, like I did not watch all of them. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the hell this question means. So I think <laughs> George's perfect baby name, but I could be getting it wrong with Married with Children, is seven, I think. Because he loves the Yankees. And I think the number on the jacket is 13, so is it six? It's one because the number on the jacket is eight. Ah. But you were right about the seven. But you're also right that that was the name of the kid on Married, on Married with Children. That's why I was like, yeah. am I getting it confused Which or not? Which I always thought was um, because of Blossom. Because Blossom's best friend's name was six. So I think that was kind of like a like a silly little like dig hmm. on that, you know? Maybe. One nothing you. Which one of the following was not an MP3 player? A Microsoft Zune? An Apple iPod? A Dell DJ? Or a Sony Fly? And by the way, I didn't read the top, which said, let's play Spot the Poser. Oh, shit. Yeah, which one was not? All right. Um, I've never heard of a Dell DJ. Doesn't mean it didn't exist, but I'm going to go with Dell DJ. It is a Sony Fly. Damn. I've never heard of that either. Um, I'm just looking through these here. Uh, what? Put these Jurassic Park dinosaurs in order from shortest to tallest. Mm-hmm. I should not be giving you this question because you're going to know. But 
We got a T-Rex. We got a Bronchiosaurus. We got a Triceratops, and we have a Velociraptor. Okay. From shortest to tallest. Probably Tri, Velociraptor, T-Rex, Bronchiosaurus. You forgot about the Triceratops. Yeah, Velociraptor. Uh, Triceratops, Velociraptor. Bronchiosaurus, T-Rex. Oh, you said try, but I thought you meant, like, we're going to try this. Uh, no, the Velociraptor is actually shorter than a Triceratops. Mm. Well, I lost. Unless, if you can get this question right. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you didn't lose yet. What online retailer began in 1994 primarily as an online bookstore? Well, can you ask one more time? I was. What online retailer began in 1994 Primarily as an online bookstore. Amazon. Amazon's correct. You win. That's what I thought you said. Amazon. Yeah, I was like, oh. I Do you was... want one more question to see if we can tie up with two and two? I got none. But I've you started asking me first. You got two, and I got zero. Oh, that's right. So oh. I, I can't. Yeah, you I won. won one. I'm like, I don't understand what? why you're not like. What? What? You're just like, ah, oh. I'm like, you won. I can't believe I won one. I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm you're like, starting to look up. The confetti went off. I'm like, what? You're just like, wait. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Well, so, guys. Yes. You should probably follow us on Instagram. Yep. It is BLC underscore mixtapes. Maybe not an underscore. It's BLC mixtapes on Instagram. We got a Twitter. At BLC underscore pod. Yep. We got an email. Becky left the chat at gmail.com. Bang. If you could rate us, if you could follow. Like and subscribe. Like, subscribe, comment. Um, those things really do actually mean a lot. And since we started this, I've been just liking and subscribing to podcasts. I like yeah. all over the place because I'm like, oh, it really does matter. So, Yeah. Come through, give us feedback, especially the last couple episodes we had where we had some guests. We really do enjoy having people on. We don't care who it is that we talk to to shoot the shit about the <laughs> 90s. So let us know. Who knows? Maybe one day you like it. You're cool. Hit us up. We'll do a Zoom call or something. I mean, that's the world we live in. Everybody's just hanging out, that talking to each other, shooting yeah. the shit about the 90s. So this week coming out, we're going to have our potpourri episode. That's coming out Friday. This will probably drop either... Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. We are in the second week of March right now. So either the 14th, right? Mm -hmm. Or the 15th or 16th. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll have another one dropping Friday. And then we're back to our regularly scheduled Friday drops, TGIF. Um, we are trying to navigate doing this with having lots of visitors. And we're new to this, right? So we just yeah. kind of got a little bit behind. But um, yeah. We're going to be back to our regularly, regularly scheduled Fridays. Um, if you happen to like 90s wrestling, Becky left the chat scheduled for one fall is another podcast we have. Just throwing a shameless plug out there. We yep. are rewatching wrestling from 1992 forward. It is. Listen, prayers up for Scott Hall. That's all we got. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and we'll, we'll be talking about that a little on our wrestling podcast this week, too. But prayers yeah. up for Scott Hall. Yep. We love the 90s. Yep. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, bad times don't last, but bad guys do.